This is Horoporo Podcast. Every week, myself and a series of people talk about everything Filipino architecture and more. Marina Maghoroporo kita. Hey everyone! This episode is really a special one for me because finally I have a guest. So let me just kind of walk you through his background. He obtained his degree in architecture at the University of Santo Tomas College of Architecture in 2010. He is currently the Vice President of Cultural Heritage Resource Associates Inc., which specializes on heritage conservation, heritage tourism planning, and architectural documentation. Before focusing on that, he has been a project architect for Tropics Design Studio Inc. for eight years, a design studio that advocates contemporary tropical design. Aside from his architectural practice, he is also a member of the architecture faculty of the De La Salle College of St. Benilde School of Design and Arts since 2015, where he teaches subjects under the tracks of design communications and architecture history. He is also the co-founder and creative director of Proyecto, a project-based movement that promotes Philippine heritage and history through talks and merchandise. He leads the group's ongoing 3D documentation of Manila, exploring technologies such as photogrammetry and 3D printing. In his tenure practice as an architect, he has become an advocate for heritage conservation, vernacular design, sketching, watercolor rendering, traditional manual drawing and architectural visualization in general. Guys, he is super awesome. He is architect Cesar G. Ramirez Jr. Without any further ado, here's the interview. Hey, hi, how are you doing today? And also, thank you for letting me steal some of your time just to be my guest here. Okay, hi. Thank you for having me. And it's, it's a pleasure to share my experience on the practice of conservation. Mm-hmm. So my first question would be, how did you get started in architecture? Well, I think like everyone else, well, siguro most most of those who took up architecture is the we all share the love for drawing at a very young age. You know, my my uncle was an architecture graduate and eventually he became a contractor. Mm-hmm. So when I was still young, I often see drawings, and so I got interested in it. And then, of course, important yung support from the parents, mm-hmm. you know, the your encouragement, and the environment that you 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 have. And so eventually, during high school, uh, you develop yung from from grade school to high school you 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 practice yung drawing and then eventually came yung college and ano ano applications and uh, my choice was architecture or fine arts mm-hmm. but uh yung influence ng aking uncle and yeah on on technical aspect of things Uh, yung, yung I used to build yung mga model houses ganyan 
mm-hmm. my direction really was into into architecture and that's the that was the course that I chose in college Yeah, and after that, did you work or took apprenticeship on Tropics Design Studio already? Uh, well, right after college. Yeah. Siguro it was only a week or two after graduation. I I applied na for for work. My my first choice really was I was into landscape architecture kasi mm. at that time, and I tried to apply for the office to the office of. IP Santos. Hmm. During that, he was still, ano, he was still alive during that time, mga 2011. And so I tried to apply, but, ano kasi, their hmm. office is, ano, is full at that time. Mm-hmm. They, are, they aren't really accepting new staff. Yeah. Um, so I, I tried to look for another one, and then I, got accepted sa ECRM. It's it's a design build office. Ah, okay. So basically residential design yung ano, yung nature of projects nila and this is where I my love for designing contemporary contemporary houses was developed. But it only I only worked for for a year, you know, dito sa ECRM. Mm-hmm. And then I got back to Tropics kasi during college nag-apprentice na ako sa Tropics. Mm, okay. And then but again wala ring vacancy during that time so napunta ako sa ibang office and mm-hmm. 2011 to 2019 ayun doon ako nag-work for 8 years sa Tropics Design Studio. And then after noon kasi we, we were all we were already having projects dito na conservation sa Tropics. Kasi that serves as our research development. But uh, eventually, 2015, we decided to come up with a, a separate ano na, office mm-hmm. to really focus on these types of projects. And this was headed by architect Toti Villalon mm-hmm. and er, the vice president back then, architect Melvin Patawaran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that, what is the tipping point, or rather, what sparked your interest to do and be an advocate on heritage conservation? How did it all start for you? Um, because in college, uh, we we ha- we already have that subject, na yung heritage conservation. But hindi ako ganon ka ka expose on that. Maybe because of. The way the subject was taught, or walap mo siya exposure. Dito ay sa Philippines, hindi siya, hindi siya talaga ano siya. So it's not a real, ano, yung how do you call this? Mainstream, no? Na di pa siya mainstream na type of ano track for an architect. Very. In fact, we have a very we have very few and uh, practicing heritage conservation architects. So it's really a matter of exposure. I think na I got into heritage conservation. Yung first project ko was that I got involved in this type of project was in 2011. Ayon pa ako park 
we did the first intervention dito sa Paco Park in 2011. Um, I got interested on it kasi it involves a lot of things like researching, history, and since yung itong buildings kasi na to are already on site, no? So it really kumbaga start of the project pa lang actual work on site na you have to get to the site, no? Check it, discover yung hindi lang kasi yung building, it also involves analyzing yung vicinity, looking at how it relates to our country's history, no? or in the, in a, on a smaller scale, yung community that is na located siya. And also in love for drawing, kasi I enjoy drawing talaga, and when you are into conservation projects, a big part of that would involve in documentation and recording. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me just ask you this. What is the role of a conservation architect in this industry? And also for most of us, including me, that aspire to be an advocate as well, how do we become one? Or like, how or we... How or where do we begin? Do we need a prerequisite or a special skill or something? Um, Chikuroi, when it comes to to getting yourself into the track of conservation, uh-huh. uh, it's important to be to be under the mentorship you know, of a of a practicing conservation architect, because most of the things that you have to know are learned on ano, on on site on practice of course there are there are readings that you can look into but yung dynamics kasi of conservation is more on actual work there's no really uh kumbaga isang approach on on different pro- on on a project on a conservation project and when it comes to the role naman of a conservation architect, it's an, it's a bit diverse. Now you have, of course, you have to to do research. But in, in, in our office, kasi we have, uh, we have a multidisciplinary ano, team. So we have, of course, this can be done by a conservation architect, but it's better, it's really better to have a, a, a team, no? Yeah. Of of experts on on the different aspects of conservation project. So you have usually you have a researcher, a historian, and yeah. like in our project in San Sebastian, we we serve as the conservation architect. We basically we 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 set the direction of the project of the approach. Yeah. We come up with an overall plan on how to conserve the building. But but there's also a conservation, in particular in this project, na San Sebastian, we have a CMP team or a conservation management management plan team who comes up with the, the document. So this may include, uh, aside from this, so this may also include the conservation architect to be involved in giving designs on how to to upgrade the building, how to maintain the building. And similarly, no, on, a, on a typical design project, 
a conservation architect also would have to coordinate you know, all trades that would be involved in the various interventions that would happen on the building. So yung, CM, yung conservation architect is also like a typical architect. We, you coordinate, you are, kumbaga ikaw yung overall uh, conductor of how the things would be done on, on the building. Yeah, regarding that matter, can you just let us imagine what is it like in your work environment and what seems to be the culture, you know, as a conservation mm-hmm. architect? Yung environment when it comes to conservation is very dynamic. Share. Of course, you have to research on the building. You have to mm-hmm. look for documents. Also, you have to check historic documents and drawings it would also for 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 some projects you might also have to interview interview the people stakeholders uh, visiting inspecting sites and of course yung pinakamaganda rito i think for me that's another reason why i enjoy conservation projects is because you get to travel you get to discover places around the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, it's of course it's a uh, may may you have this and also you have some of the people that I talk to they have this notion that conservation is uh very tedious and very uh complicated. In in a way it is, no, but it also involves no yung it also has a fun part kasi nga you get to visit places you get to meet people you get to help a community you know especially these communities that have this this heritage building that they that they love and they would love to preserve yeah can you kindly walk us through how you record, document, and data process heritage sites? You can cite some examples. Mm-hmm. If okay. You uh, when it comes to documenting sites, now we've Ooh. we've done this since 20, 2011, and so far we have documented around thirty houses, around more than ten churches, mm-hmm. yeah. and some old towns, now such as Tagbilaran, Puerto Princesa, Kawit, and and Barangay Mintal in Davao. So yung yung process that we we on how we document since 2011 has practically evolved no through time. Kasi each each project is a is a learning and learning experience on how to to document. So when it comes to documentation kasi we have to you have to be ano eh, organized na dapat organized ka on approach on documentation kasi we have it's a reality that some of the do, some of the uh, documentation projects that we visited no are really located on ano, on locations that are difficult to reach no so in so 
to be practical, you have to you have to get all the data that you need, no? When you're there, because if you if you happen to leave uh, any information, given uh, it's a difficult place to ano, to visit, so mahirap na siya, no? So dapat talaga ano ka? Very efficient and very uh, particular ka on the things that you that you document or you get on site. So through this, you know, these experiences, you know, we come up with we came up with some checklist, uh, some uh, and also young ways of recording. You no, know, it this is when it comes to documentation because we have we have different ways of. You know, approaches for example um, we do we do sketches of course in traditional methods yung it's a uh, pen and paper and uh, measuring tape yung tried and tested but of course through time and tech to advancement of technology now we can also we also do documentation ano, using ano na, laser Guitar, kasi okay. usually itong mga sites rin na to are not really in good condition so medyo mahirap to move around the site so it would be very helpful to have a a, a tool like a laser that you can use to ano, to measure things that are uh, difficult to reach ganun. very 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 useful siya of course you also mm-hmm. document aside from drawing measurement we also use photography and uh, and drones one project that we did in davao is that it's a heritage tourism planning so the the documentation is a bit of a it's a bit bigger in scale no kasi it's it's a barangay so we we documented a cemetery we documented uh, an old site of of an old site of a Japanese school settlement. We, we, we documented an old public market. So given the size of these areas, we we worked with some consultants. So we used drone photography, drone video to, to document this. And we came up with, you know, with measured measured plans. It's, it's a, it was a learning experience using this this kind of technology. And of course, in technical drawings, after documentation and after photography, you we go back to the drawing board and translate all of, mm. it, all of this manual, info, manual data, manually recorded data, photos, into technical drawings. No? So we can, we come up with plans. It's a typical, you know, typical set of drawings: plans, sections, elevations. Yeah. And of course, uh, as the project uh, demands, we can also come up with or provide 3D modeling of this. Uh, of course, you have all the data now that you need. You can we can easily put up uh, 3D models that we can use for 3D 3D printing, photogrammetry. We also we've also used this to 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 document buildings in 3D form. But aside from all of this now, because these are a bit of technical 
we self-documenting. One of the the part one one method that we that I really enjoy is the artistic the artistic mm-hmm. uh, type of documentation, which is watercoloring. So we one project that we did is the documentation of the Canton houses, and we from on the the documentation of these houses, we came up with cover pages of of watercolor present documentation of these houses, which came out really nice, and the client liked it. So yeah, uh, aside from the technical, there's also an artistic side of documentation. Mm. Yeah. Another sub-question to that is how can you ensure maximum utilization of material material resources and the right usage? Uh, when it comes to that aspect, do you mean the materials uh, gathered? Yeah, like or... uh, when you facelift some heritage sites, for example. Because when we when the the standard approach or the ideal approach for any conservation is to retain as much as possible na yung yung mm. original fabric of the of the building and as a conservation architect uh, one must exhaust you know, all all means to to preserve yung original material on site. Uh, basically, the last resort would be to to remove the the original material or the building from its site. Kumbaga, it's, only, kumbaga it's a matter of life and death na lang for the structure before you can, we would recommend to, ano, to remove or to relocate uh, uh, a building from its site. Well, kasi when it, yun nga, like I mentioned, if it's best na to to have the the building uh, retain its original location because it's you have this ano, you have this community you know, who who has this mm-hmm. connection to this building, and when you remove that, you're basically getting this ano this this uh, prized possession of a community away from them no and lalo na if you have to to pay to see that diba? when in, uh-huh. when originally it's just there it's there to inspire everyone who walks across that that house but if you relocate it and so yung context wala na no? For example, you have this house, it's a corner house that you have in its original location, you have these windows that looks over a plaza or or another house. Now if you transfer it to another location, it becomes totally different, diba? On what yeah. you experience inside the house. Back when it was in its original location versus its new location. Saka, yun nga, when yung, that kind of development kasi it's if you look at ano, if you look at history and uh, authenticity there are really no no such developments in the coastal area. 
diba? You don't have this kind of house, kind this kind of grand houses in the coastal area kasi. These houses are in the downtown. So it's some, uh, medyo hindi siya, hindi siya accurate and And somehow, if you if the people visiting here, that place are not informed, so they would be believing a, you know, a setup that is not factual, diba? Kasi in reality, sa coastal area, ang nakatira doon ay mga fishermen na walang ganong houses. Puro pawid and puro kubo, diba? Mm-hmm. So, yun yung, yun lang ano ko doon, it's, it's not historically accurate. And, of course, again, you have, you, you have this issue of getting the, a part of the culture of that community away from them. And, somehow, you have to pay just to see it. It's, yung, kumbaga, yung, yung, yung audience becomes very limited. Mm-mm. Well, uh, with regards to this recording and documenting on site, was there an instance that it took a concern on your health and safety? Uh, so far, I think wala naman, but kasi we, when we go to site visits, uh, of course, you have to, uh, you have to prepare yourself, no? you have to have to you have to set up yung ano mo yung thing yung gears mo you have to have complete uh, equipment and also yung the way you the way you dress up on 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 site you have to be you have to wear the right stuff basically and usually naman kasi when we do we do documentation we you want you have to coordinate also with ano with the LGU of course first with the owner para they are informed that you'll be visiting it and also if needed you have to coordinate with the community or the LGU para you have this kind of ano uh, assistance from them ano pa rin siya, it, it still depends on 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 the type of project if it's if it's a person uh, if it's a private uh, property or private house uh coordination with the owners you know, would be sufficient but if it's a for example uh, in an institutional building or or an abandoned building or a building or a site that has issues, then you have to coordinate with uh, the, the authority. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know heritage are precious structures that are encapsulated in our history's time. And given that they lack advancement of technology back then, it's kind of inevitable today to go after adaptive reuse and particularly on this latter day architecture learned to compromise to our environment conditions Mm -hmm. so my question would be how do you implement green building practices on heritage sites 
well this this buildings so we have to remember that historic yeah. historic buildings are inherently sustainable yeah so adaptive reuse of old structures you know not only ensures yung maximum use of the lifespan of the building or of the material but it also has this uh, effect that you get to reduce waste no kasi you won't be you won't be needing new material and disposing old material so to and also yung yung when they the way they design this ano kasi going back to the idea that this heritage buildings are sustainable these are uh from the buildings that we we've seen and we've studied they are they are well designed in a way na they are really site specific in terms of approach more buildings at all. Mm-hmm. they have this intensive form finding you no know, even though they have this classical forms uh, the way they were designed are sensitive in terms of scale not too big not too small unlike today na mga buildings natin are really uh, talagang monstrous no? we have this really yeah. big buildings that are really questionable when it comes to ano sustainability or in green building practices and also the these buildings use uh, local materials efficiently and common materials kasi nga given that they are they are designed kasi back then they don't have this ano, unlike today we have this means of importing materials, di ba? Yeah. Kaya ngayon halos yung building, magkakamukaan eh. Kasi we're using all the same materials, same technology. Back then, they are, uh, they have to use what's available and what's uh, practical. So that becomes, ano, They, they, they were really practicing na sustainable and green design back then. So like in in St. Lasalle, no, we're, we're doing the the adaptive reuse guidelines for the St. Lasalle Hall. It's original it's original design no, when we analyzed it. Mapuwa's original concept was to have it uh To, to make it function with the maximum natural ventilation and natural lighting and nandoon pa rin yung ano na yun yung yung concept na yun so all of the additions and all, all alterations are projected to provide guidelines on how to do changes on the building that would still retain the original concept of Mapua, which is natural ventilation, natural lighting, passive cooling. So yung, when it comes to your question, uh, how do we inc- incorporate green, green building practices, technology must be, uh, must be embraced to make these buildings. So we have to accept the reality that these buildings need to adapt you know, to current use 
and requirements. But of course, all of this must be guided by me, by by a conservation management plan and a, and by a conservation architect. Yeah, I agree. But contradicting that buildings are sustainable and all. What are your thoughts on putting air conditioning on heritage structures? Yung kasi when it, well, we've done this type of intervention also on some buildings. But I think the mindset on this should be, of course, it's a requirement of the user. You, know? you have to get the level of comfort when it comes to using the building. And... It's a reality that climate change has drastically changed the the temperature or the environment, especially mm-hmm. in our country, which is a tropical country. Use of of air conditioning is because it's more of an aesthetic, ano na lang eh, more of aesthetic issue on how you can blend this or somehow conceal this. Uh, so it's really I think like pro- inevitable? Is that yeah. Oh. right? Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when... Because of course, yung, mga re- yung requirements na to are coming from the owner's side. No? And so we have yeah. to to address their, ano, their needs when it comes to that. Uh, it's Now it's the job of the architect to on how to manage this, uh, on how to, as long as it doesn't compromise the structural integrity of the building, as long as it doesn't have this uh, negative effect on the exterior look of the building, I think it's it's workable. Okay. Another question is, what's the biggest challenge you had being a conservation architect? You can cite some cases if you if you must. Uh, I think it's uh, every project has its own unique challenge, and because conservation practice is multidisciplinary and involves a lot of people you know, from different sectors, and when you have different people. A lot of people working on a project. Uh, uh, naturally, it would have different, ano, different approaches. Sometimes conflicting, uh, but for example, you have you have the various stakeholders like the owner. Sometimes you also have these immediate families who have also opinion on the project. And you also have to consider future users. Mm-hmm. Now, for specifically for churches, you have the the church, the parish. You have the parish priest. You have maybe you have the the parishioners also. They have, they have to consider. You also have the main donors who have their personal take on the project. Uh, Iba pa yung private institution projects and government agencies. So yung challenge dito uh, is how the conservation architect, how he can, you know, go to a 
solution no? that is agreeable to everyone. Kumbaga yung, kasi when it comes to uh, typical project din naman, ano yan, maraming options. No? All of all of these are applicable. No? Now, it's the job of the architect to to choose the it's the job of the architect to choose the best option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yung kasi ang ano dyan eh. Yun ang, this is the role of the architect eh. What is the best option to implement? So yung when you, your question, the biggest challenge is, I think yun eh, you have to satisfy all of these various stakeholders. But at the same time, make it in line with the conservation management plan for the building. Kasi it's the architect who has the technical knowledge on the matter. It's also the conservation architect who has the knowledge on the significance of the building. And all of these various stakeholders, various opinions. However well-intentioned no? might affect the the significance of the structure. So, kumbaga sa architect, siya yung may uh, judgment. He has, he has to go to to the best option mm-hmm. on how to preserve the building. Speaking of that, with your experiences and all on many heritage sites, with all of that, what heritage, what heritage site or sites did you like and why? Um, siguro, kasi we have, so far we have done a lot of documentation and conservation projects, no. But because mm-hmm. the the first projects that I had, more on ano pa yan, eh. more on discovery palang yani, eh. nangapa. Of course, you have this mentor, but medyo hindi ka nangangapa ka pa sa ginagawa mo. The fun part is your learning, no? And, but the, a bit challenging part is med, medyo takot ka sa, on, on how to approach the task. Nung sec, yung sa middle, sa end part naman, no? sa mga later projects, ano ka na eh, alam mo na lahat ng pwedeng mangyari, no? And medyo coming, uh, having all of this and experiences, medyo complex na yung practice. So I think the, the, the heritage project that I liked the most was the projects that we had you know, in, the, in the middle part of, ano, of my practice, a conservation architect. And that is particularly yung Kandon Houses. Now this 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 project was in in Ilocosur. It's a it's the town beside ano, beside Vigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference of this one from Vigan is that Vigan kasi it's a line of heritage houses, di ba? Magkakatabi talaga. As in, magkadikit, may common wall, di ba? Ngayon itong kandan houses na to, we documented 20 houses. These houses are, kumbaga single detached siya. May mga 
compound. May mga property. Nasa property siya. It's a mm-hmm. mid, in the middle of property. Ganun. Or minsan, malapit sa road. Pero these are magkakala yung houses. And it's it was enjoyable kasi we got to... Kasi ito lang ginagawa namin during that time. So we went full time documenting these houses. So we got to visit a lot of houses. We met different house owners. Uh, we we also heard beautiful stories about the houses. Uh, we found old school and traditional methods of construction, uh, technology, and yun nga ito yung namesyo kanina. With this is the this was the project that we did, yung traditional documentation and artistic watercolor presentation. So ito. Yung, So, if I look at all of the projects, heritage projects that we did, ito yung isa sa mga pinaka nagustuhan ko. Well, uh, looking back and learning our past, the Pearl of the Orient, the Philippines, was once pertained to be the Paris of Asia, right? And specifically... Yes. Architecture was one of the representations of how rich our economy was. Unfortunately, after the Second World War, most of our history condemned in those structures also gradually faded as they crumbled through piles of bomb pieces. Mm-hmm. Fast forwarding to the present day, some significant structures such as the Manila Post Office, the Paris Manila or First United, the Regina Building in Escolta, And what have you still remains. So my question would be, what are your thoughts on the treatment or actions taken on heritage sites today in the Philippines? Um, it's I uh, know, of course you have you have sad stories, and of course you also have success stories when it comes to. The state of conservation or in the state of heritage buildings in in the Philippines. So wait, saying because we try to we try to focus on the projects that we we get and try to really do our best so that. This can be role models or success stories, na may kita, na kung work with with what we have. No? Okay. Of course, there are we we support the various groups and organizations that that really rally behind these buildings. Now, it's also important, or it's it's also it would also be. Very helpful to to reach out with you know, with the government. Because when you look at other countries, it's really the government who who pushes for you know for this type of you know uh, for this for the taking care of, of heritage buildings. So, you, but of course, uh, all of our cultural agencies, naman, are doing their best. On, on trying to preserve what's left. Because, it, again, it's uh, very, it's a very complex subject. 
very complex situation kasi most of the buildings that we have are private na heritage buildings are privately owned no? so merong from that point of ano pa lang from that point pa lang you have may may issue na eh, that the the owner really can do whatever he wants to with the building no? uh um, i think the ang saving ano na lang diyan is to really educate people no? na if you have this old building uh demolishing it or selling it to a, to a developer is not the only option that you have no? kasi you have this success stories nga no? like the first united building and the one luna building and right across Elongat. Um, ang I think the missing factor na lang on this is that how we how can we replicate this no? on on other buildings that are in danger of uh, being demolished or being sold to to developers. I think yun yung yung kasi again, conservation practice in the Philippines is not that it's still young, no? I think it can still be considered young compared to other countries who have preserved their heritage and historic buildings. And if you look at it, no, they, much of their tourism and uh, income kumbaga yung monetary revenue really comes from their ano eh, tourism diba just look at just look at Paris France in Paris sa France no ilan ang pumupunta doon because of the Eiffel Tower ilan ang pumupunta doon because of the ano the their Grand Boulevard diba so yung I think we still have a lot to work on when it comes to conservation. I, but I am positive that we can we'll reach that uh, that point. No? Kasi there are still a lot of people naman, who believe in this type of uh, preservation. And, mm-hmm. and kagaya nito, no? what you're doing, it's, this is a way of you know, reaching out to to a larger audience. Um, basically, it's really educating people. Because it's not only architects, conservation architects, who who need to help out in this type of... Ano. Again, it's a multidisciplinary. It, it would involve the community. It, would, it definitely involves the government. It involves private institutions, uh, private owners, and... I think you can start with ano. You can start with educating the youth, no, on on the importance of preserving these buildings. Because again, we're doing this, naman for the future generation. Yes. Well, given that all buildings run through specific guidelines and restrictions. Could you kindly elaborate on how do codes or quality control and budget affect heritage sites? 
well, just like any you know, any construction work, you know, all things and uh, interventions that have to be implemented on on buildings should, of course, comply with the existing laws. So we still submit we still submit drawings for for applications a building permit, and but all for aside from the build national building code fire code accessibility code there must be a what differs it from regular construction work is that you have to properly coordinate you now with with cultural agencies you know, such as uh the NCCA NHCP or the national museum or even the national parks development committee or NPTC so usually they they also comment on the proposed works on the heritage side. They of they, we also have inter international charters, no, that we have to consider, no, like the Bura Charter, Nara Charter. All of these serve as guides on how to do conservation work. Yeah. Now it comes to quality of work, naman. Uh, particularly, it would be particularly on the materials to be used in workmanship. So one of our projects, yung some of projects in Intramuros na yung Cathedral, Manila Cathedral and the Baluarte in Fort Santiago. In these projects, we do we do test. Now, tests should be done before going full implementation. So we usually test different, because these projects involve the uh, adobe, adobe material. So we, we usually test different materials. When, when, when we say material, because yung, yung, we, we use composite. We use composite material. So we test the, the compatibility of the existing original material and the the new material that would be applied. Uh, now this would involve yung uh, testing. Now we look at how it would react to the old material. You would also test how the color would change through exposure, so weather. You know, aspects. And these are usually done by, by specialized contractors. So when it comes to conservation projects, aside from consulting the cultural agencies, looking at different codes and charters, we also try to, to look for specialized contractors. Because no matter how good your drawings are, if these are not implemented, properly no, on site. Sayang. So to ensure that uh, yung, it would quality it would be of uh, of quality implementation, we, we look for specialized contractors no, to, to implement this type of work. Oh, with us speaking of codes and all that, I actually have a friend who has a recurring question. 
Her nickname is Sarge. Hello, Sarge. I know you're listening. And she contemplates on her observation on churches as to why there is no sprinkle system, knowing that the fire code is retroactive. Okay. Well, because when it comes to this one for project, this, we have this project in, in one of our ongoing projects is a church. No? And because when it comes to sprinklers or fire code, no? Mm-hmm. What, kasi when you look at the material of a church, saan ba siya gawa? Diba? It's usually ano, masonry. No? Uh, mm-hmm. Ang flammable lang naman dyan would usually be the the fuse, diba? Or minsan itong, or most, syempre itong reredo. Or yung sa altar area. So dung, yung mga gantong projects, usually we we provide sprinkler system na targeted lang. We don't have to put no. sprinkler system on the whole area. No? Saka kasi itong mga, itong mga churches na to, high ceiling kasi to. Mm-hmm. So if you put up, of course, you have to balance out na naman yung safety and yung uh, application niya. Now, again, ang approach dito is we put sprinkler systems on areas that are yung prone to ano to to damage from fire so ang mga yung again no targeted yung areas that we put we put sprinkler system and usually it's a different kind of different kind of chemical hindi siya yung usual. It's not water or ano. Kasi, again, may may, as, may dimension to na it's it's an old wood. It, it's a historic um, it's a historic object. So, you have to preserve yung ano niya, material niya. So, usually, again, chemical, it's a special chemical that is uh, we specify for this one. And Aside, kasi yung it's it's a system kasi it's a system yung FDAS no fire detection and alarm system yan yung isa sa importante so dapat merong kang uh, smoke detectors aside from sprinklers merong kang effective ano dapat uh, effective location of these detectors and yung fire alarm system and usually we also yung designer namin ng ganito, consultants namin, they, they recommend yung fire extinguisher. Yung kasi yung pinaka-effective rin, no? One of the uh, effective way to, ano, to suppress yung kumagkaraman ng sunog. So, meron din kaming uh, specified locations of fire extinguisher. So, again, it's a to summarize, we put up targeted fire sprinklers. Mm. We we provide fire extinguishers on different locations. We have an effective fire alarm and smoke detectors. So, yung yung bong system na yun, it's is enough, no, to to protect yung not. Uh, not only the building, but of course, the users. No? 
Mm. With uh, many heritage structures that are being demolished to make way for the urban demand of new high-tech buildings, most especially in the metro. With regards to that, what are your thoughts on weighing heritage conservation and rapid urbanization here in the Philippines? Okay. Well, you... Because in development, you have this notion that uh, you have to discard old buildings. No? Mm-hmm. New, new construction, new development, or development is equivalent to new construction. Uh, but kasi yung, when you look at uh, old buildings and the available construction technologies, it's possible na to, ano, to retrofit Kasi number one issue pa rin dito would be safety. Uh, most of the buildings that become uh, condemned is because of, of course, yung safety issue. But new, techno- new construction technologies have made it possible to retrofit this, you know, these buildings and still retain their authenticity and their original look. Uh, Kasi looking at other countries, for example, yung Paris. Paris transformation, 18, ano to, 1800s, it was 1850s to 1870s, no? under Napoleon III. So yung Paris that we know today is, hindi siya ganun, no? Back then, it, it, was, it was overcrowded. It was dark, dangerous, and uh, unhealthy. You have this uh, dark alleys. So, kumbaga, when you look at Manila, parang ganun yung Manila. No? But, ito yung isang approach. Eh. When Haussmann transformed Paris, uh, they essentially demolished a lot of buildings. No? Kasi when you look at their city, it's now filled with boulevards, no? wide streets, boulevards. Ito yung, ito, it was the, the concept that they wanted. They, they wanted to have grand boulevards, beautiful vistas. And by doing so, they also were able to come up with major public parks no? and dozens of smaller smaller parks and squares. Um, yun yung isang approach. Totally, niredesign talaga nila. And also yung sa Singapore naman, they had this they had these shop houses, di ba? Well, in the 1990s, these 1920s shop houses were were being demolished, no? To 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 make way for multi-story development. Kasi given na uh, small area sila, they they needed more area to 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 provide spaces. So they they needed to go vertical. So mga old shop houses were being demolished. But eventually they they realized the importance of this because these are part of their identity. So eventually they incorporated law. Mm-hmm. Their, the, into their laws, the control regulation so that uh, these historic structures would be retained. So when you look at Manila, I think this is also what's happening now in uh, in various districts of of Manila, such as Escolta, uh, Santa Ana, 
even Quiapo. And again, yung most parts of Binondo. So I think it also would need the intervention or the help of a lot of uh, people or various entities, government, uh, private owners, private building owners. Because it's, rea- it's a reality. They, they wanted to sell their buildings or their properties to these developers. Now, um, the best way is to to have these buildings declared as historic buildings. No? Because yung, yun ay, that's the right direction or that's the way to go. Eh. You have... Well, NHCP or NCCA is doing this listing of all buildings. No? They have this uh, regist- uh, registry. But of course, after this registry, you have to do in-depth research on all of these buildings. Have it declared as historic building so that they won't be demolished or they won't have to be sold to ano. Because if they can't be demolished, then they developers won't have won't bother buying this, you know, these properties, diba? And yung fifty year ano kasi, yung fifty year rule that you can demolish a building is not absolute. Pag sinabing fifty year, hindi mo lang siya pwede demolish instantly. But if a study is to be done in the building and there's enough reason to to demolish it then you it could still go to that ano, to that uh, decision of demolishing it so some of these buildings that went to this ano to this direction is yung, ano, you have the intercon, diba? You have the mandarin hotel. Which we, ano, we did, we also did a study for these buildings, no? Very, ano siya, it's really not black and white na if this building is old, if this building is a, is a work of a national artist, protected na siya. Maraming factors to consider. If you want me to discuss it, pwede rin. No? Medyo ma- maano yan eh. Mahapotori. Yeah. Okay. Here I am throwing some beauty pageant question for you. What mm-hmm. does built heritage represent for the architecture of the future? Uh, well, generally kasi no? yung these old buildings are these buildings are places of these are places of cultural significance no? we are preserving this because of that no? because mm-hmm. these buildings are are connection no? to to our past and uh, now, this type of connection and this type of significance enrich people's lives, no? Yung mga nandun, yung nasa community, yung mga nagpupunta doon, it provides a deep, ano, deep sense of, ano, 
of nationalism, a deep sense of uh, national identity to these people. So one way nga of erasing the identity or, or the culture of a or destroying or erasing a community is to remove their ano their culture, diba? So again, yung yung built heritage kasi is a is a big part of the culture of a of a community or a nation. So well, it's also an uh, an avenue no, to to better understand. So from the point of view of, of architects no or architecture students, na it's a better it's a it's the best avenue to understand better how we can improve no our way of designing no our way of building. Because when you look at it no when you study when we study old buildings no going back to college no. When you study historic history of architecture, these buildings, no, that they were designing during that during their time, was actually what contemporary, diba? They were designing on the, ano, They were designing in their time. They were addressing the issues of their time. They were using the technology available in their time. They are using the materials. And uh, way of building, na current, no, sa kanila. And basically, what we're trying trying to study in history of architecture is yung theories nila, in building technology nila during their their time. So I think that's that's um, we should shift our idea of studying history. It's not really uh, what and who, the eh, it's it's why and how they designed during their time and again from there we can you can improve from their work we can we can develop what they they've come up with and eventually apply it to to the way we you know kasi yung mga conservation architects naman are not purely in my case no I, i'm not Purely conservation. I also have new projects, so it's a it's an interesting way of uh, uh, merging these two types of discipline. No, yung learning from the past, knowing how they they designed, and then improving on this and applying it on on. Because may wisdom yung ano nila, may wisdom yung design nila. Basically, that's uh, I think. Um, it that's what it represents for our, to our architecture, no, yung connection ng ng past natin to to how we can move forward with our ano, with our design and our, our way of building. Lastly, can you give us some light, enlightening words for us practicing architects or students or just in general who want to pursue heritage conservation as well? 
well every architect kasi has to ano has to rediscover no and has to learn from what has been built by the previous generation of architects uh, when for example when you think about Le Corbusier what type of architect he is he no his uh, he was a theorist no he was basically an urban planner he was also an artist basically he was a futurist no architect no but when you look at it no when you look at his life story uh, he was he was an arch type of, he was the type of an architect who traveled no so one particular thing that we, he did was he went around paris visiting and sketching gothic architecture so he he had a lot of drawings uh, of analyzing gothic architecture and basically this had a significant uh, effect on his you know, on his way of thinking and eventually you know this this exposure to this type of architecture led to the birth of his you know five points of modern architecture you know Uh, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with uh, with this, no? Yung, uh, yung pilotes, yung free facade, no? So basically, his, he, yung exposure niya to to classical architecture or traditional architecture paved the way to to him realizing ani yung modern, no? and also it's it's important to to realize that to move forward no we must know what has already been done no like what i said no it's it's extracting what is still applicable no from these old buildings because when you look at it they had they had very limited technology back then they had to work with that they had to design using only the available materials and only the available technology so they really had to analyze things and uh, solve things architecturally kasi ngayon we we have we have means now of any solving things mechanically diba through technology uh ibasing architectural solution and i think that's what inspires me when I from from doing this ano, this type of specialized work in conservation practice mm-hmm. and I think it's it's a it's a matter of ano, of trying this 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 type of uh, specialization lalo na dun sa mga gustong mag-work on the conservation field. Kasi again, it's very limited yung practitioners nito. And when you look at uh, our country, sobrang daming, ano, sobrang daming con- uh, heritage structures that should be ano, preserved and uh, conserved. So if you're 
if you are having this this idea of working on you know, conservation practice you have to you have to give it a try and expose yourself kasi hindi again dito matututunan sa school you have to really learn it on in actual practice so i think that's uh, to summarize that you just have to go for it and uh, look for the right mentor uh, to guide you on this uh, this type of uh, practice for architects all right that was mm-hmm. a very educational talk given by architect cesar on heritage conservation Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, thank you. I hope you all guys were all inspired by that. Do you want to promote anything? I'm sorry? Do you want to promote something? Uh, Your last words. Well, uh, our office, no, our office is uh, CHRA. Or conservation heritage, conservation, um, CHRA conservation heritage resource associates. We are based in uh, Quezon City. Uh, aside from that, I'm also I'm also a co-founder of Proyecto. It's a project-based movement that we that I co-founded with a historian friend. Mm-hmm. We basically do talks and uh, merchandise that specialize on uh, history and heritage. So you can follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page that you can uh, follow. It's Proyecto PH. Um, what else? So yeah, maybe if you try to connect with us and maybe we can we can work on some projects, passion projects that would involve uh, conservation uh, projects. Right now, kasi, uh, I would also like to promote na we are doing a 3D documentation of Manila. So we're open to collaborate with uh, students, even professionals that would like to volunteer on this uh, big project. We're documenting Manila in 3D format. It's it's just a no, it's just SketchUp. And basically it's a remote way of documenting ano, documenting buildings, especially now that we are in a, in a pandemic. So we can we really can visit uh, these sites, but this type of remote documentation is something that I've developed during my time of teaching sa sa SDA sa Saint Benilde. So we documented old buildings without uh, without leaving the classroom. So if you're interested in this uh, type of volunteer work. You can reach us through our Facebook page and our Instagram page so that uh, 
you can be a part of this ano, this this project Do you like to leave your personal Instagram account? Um, for the or is that it on Project to PH? Yeah, we we because basically when for this type of ano, in the project nato, you can reach us through the ano, we can communicate through this uh, through our Facebook and our Instagram page. Again, it's. Uh, it's project at project to ph for our instagram and for for facebook page man it's proyecto just look for you know, our logo is a flag it's a red uh, red flag look for it or it, it's it's either a red or a white flag depends on the type of you know, background but basically it's a flag it's proyecto ph for Instagram and Proyecto in Facebook. Mm. Okay, I think that's it. Are you done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, looking forward to hearing from from people, students who are interested in uh, in this type of practice and also in the, particularly in the project that we have that we would be needing volunteers I hope you learned something from from my sharing uh, of course of course okay alright thank you again <laughs> thank you Hey, thank you again for listening to another episode of Horoporo Podcast. This has been Cha, and make sure to check us out anytime on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also listen to us on anchor.fm slash And glad to inform you guys that we are now on Patreon. Make sure to check us out there too. Please remember to leave a review and share this podcast to someone you know. Sa kod sa sunod na naman na pag Horoporo, Diyos mabado sa Indogabos. <laughs>